So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. And I hope that your new year is off to a fantastic start. Uh, Here we are at the time of this episode, at least. This is airing on the first Monday of 2022. That means that the fun and games are over, uh, although some of you probably have today off because um, I believe New Year's Day fell on a weekend. But regardless, I hope that your new year's off to a good start. And I hope that you are, honestly, I hope you're just full of a lot of vision. I hope you set some big goals, some wild, crazy goals. And I hope that you got some awesome accountability in your life to make sure they happen. So I'm cheering you on. And I, I am declaring and, and praying for all of my listeners, all of my clients, um, all of my colleagues, all of my competitors, you know, like everybody in this space. I am praying that 2022 is the best year yet. And, you know, it depends on who you talk to. I think some people are predicting this to be a a really challenging year and that the world's going to go crazy and berserk post-pandemic and, um, you know, who who knows? We we honestly don't know. But for me, the pandemic has been one of the greatest blessings in my life. If the pandemic wouldn't have happened, I can guarantee you I would not be uh, about to release a book. I would not be doing a weekday podcast. I would not be working my job full-time or living in Jamaica. Um, Goodness, I mean, I just think God uses everything for good. And I know, I know that we have our work cut out for us. I know it's not all daisies and roses. And yet I'm, I'm so confident that this is going to be a phenomenal year, not just for me, but for you and, uh, and really for everybody who's listening. So welcome, welcome to Unleash the Man Within and welcome to 2022, guys. Uh, this is going to be a cool, cool year. Today's episode is about enmeshment. And this is a subject that is really, really important. Um, Wow, I, I don't know. I mean, you kind of encounter different subjects in psychology. Uh, some are, you're kind of like, ah, yeah, that's cool. And you think nothing of it. There's some topics that you encounter and you're like, okay, this is important. And, you know, for me, that means I'm thinking about how do I integrate it into the podcast or some of our future courses or our group coaching calls. And then there's other times where you hear a topic and you're like, well, <laughs> it would be foolish and irresponsible for me to ignore this topic. So that's how I feel about enmeshment. We don't talk about it a ton in our group. I'll be upfront um, in our group coaching calls. And that's, that's, there's different reasons. We, we talk about it from a bit of a different angle, but I wanted to use the, the psychological term for today's episode. Number one, so that you'd understand what I'm talking about. And that if you want to do your own research, which I highly, highly recommend you do, uh, that you kind of know what to look for. Um, but then I will talk a little bit about our take on it and sort of what what we are teaching our guys to do in response to this dynamic that can wreak havoc on people's lives, relationships, and certainly their sex life. Let's, let's just start with the basics and then we'll sort of expand from there. Enmeshment is basically uh, a relationship between two or more people where personal boundaries are permeable and or unclear. So one of the things that I always teach people who are dating or wanting to date 
or people who are engaged and anywhere in between that. Marriage is a little bit different, but everything prior to marriage, you always want to define the relationship. The more clarity you have on the relationship, on on what it is and what it isn't, on what's appropriate and what's inappropriate, et cetera, et cetera. The, the clearer you are on those, the safer and healthier the relationship will be. Enmeshment is basically the polar opposite. It is where the lines are blurred between what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, what's yours and what's mine. What is our relationship? What isn't our relationship? So if you, um, as an example, let's just say that you have a parent who was really open and honest with you. And so they, they shared and, and they often would share things that a parent typically wouldn't share. So I have somebody pretty close to me and, and that was their experience with their parent is, you know, their parent, in some ways they loved it because growing up it was like, wow, dad is so honest. He's so relatable. He's just, he, he tells it like it is. He gives us details about his life. I feel like I know him. I understand him. And then the other side of it is, but that's a lot for me to carry. I, I didn't know my dad went through that and I didn't know he's dealing with that now. And, and suddenly there becomes this unequal balance in the relationship of what you're responsible for. And a lot of, a lot of people who have sexual struggles uh, have an enmeshment dynamic in their relationships with their mom or their dad where the lines were unclear and the mom, you know, uh, was able to vent to their child because, you know, you as the child, you were safe, you were understanding, you were always looking out for your mom because that's what a good son does. And sometimes that meant that she couldn't go to, to your father, so she would come to you instead. Enmeshment. It, it, is, it is where the lines get blurred. A, a parent-child relationship shouldn't actually really function that way but the lines just get a bit blurry because of some of the dysfunction and some of the pressures and stressors that exist within the marriage and the family unit overall. So that is the, the premise of enmeshment. Those are some examples, um, but I wanna just read a definition. This is from a, a website called, um, uh, what is this called? Fullsheartransition.com. They have a great blog on it and I, I'll post the, the link in the show notes, but, um, but I just want, sorry, fullsheartransition.com. Uh, full sheer? I have no idea how to read this brand. Um, anyway, something transition.com. These guys have a great blog and, uh, and I'm, I wanted to read a little bit more uh, about enmeshment just to give you a clear definition. And, and I, again, I'm pulling a couple things from this blog as we go through today. Now, um, uh, let me just read, I'm going to reread the definition and then it's all part of a bigger paragraph. Enmeshment is a description of a relationship between two or more people in which personal boundaries are permeable and unclear. This often happens on an emotional level in which two people feel each other's emotions or when one person becomes emotionally escalated and the other family member does as well. A good example of this is when a teenage daughter gets anxious and depressed and her mom in turn gets anxious and depressed. When they are enmeshed, the mom is not able to separate her emotional experience from that of her daughter, even though they both may state that they have clear personal boundaries with each other. So again, that's very important. It's not just about what you state, it's about the actual experience. Does it actually match what you're saying about your boundaries? Enmeshment between a parent and child will often result in over-involvement in each other's lives so that it makes it hard for the child to become developmentally independent and responsible for his or her choices. 
So really take that in and honestly evaluate. Like, has it been difficult for you to become independent in your life? Do you still feel like you have to look out for your parents or that, that your parents are relying on you, that you have to be there for them? Do you feel like it's difficult to have your own opinion, to really own your own unique individual perspective in this life? Um, is it hard for you to be responsible for your choices? It, you know, these are some of the things that you're looking at. And if, if you're answering, yes, it is difficult for me to do these things, it might be the byproduct of an enmeshed relationship. Now, uh, this I thought was really, really insightful, maybe the most useful part of this article, which is how can I know if I'm in an enmeshed relationship? And we're just going to drive this point home a little bit more. Number one, if you cannot tell the difference between your own emotions and those of a person with whom you have the relationship, parent, other loved one. Two, if you feel like you need to rescue someone from their emotions, wow, let that one sink in, guys. That is a big one. If you feel like you need to rescue someone from their emotions, when somebody's having negative emotions, do you feel not just it, it's it's okay if you kind of you, you feel bad and you can empathize with them, but do you feel like you need to rescue them? Like you need to sugarcoat it. You need to soften the blow. You need to get in there and solve the problem for them. You need to medicate the, the negative emotion. That's a big one. Number three, if you feel like you need someone else to rescue you from your own emotions. So do you, are you looking to others right away to get your own emotional problems fixed? And honestly, this is something that we, we really work hard on with guys in our program. We really drive home that you are the owner of your emotions. You must take responsibility for them. And it really is one of the key catalysts for long-term recovery. Number four, if you and another person do not have any personal emotional time and space. So this is especially like obviously parent-child relationships when you grow up in the home. And then uh, marriage, right? Husband and wife, if you're living together. Um, if you and another person do not have any personal emotional time and space. So if there's no, there's no time set aside for you guys to just do um, your own thing. If you always have to be together and you know whatever one person is doing, the other has to do that kind of thing. So that is honestly, that's one of the best uh, summaries of enmeshment. Um, the interesting thing is that these dynamics are created from a place of love. Parents love their kids and they don't, they want to rescue them from their negative emotions. Um, they want to, you know, feel what they feel. It, uh, like enmeshment is never, or at least rarely from a place of malice or ill intent. But if you don't set clear boundaries of whose emotions are what, whose responsibility is what, uh, all that kind of stuff, it can, it can really cause a lot of damage. Now let's, let's kind of broaden the scope here. The enmeshment dynamic, just, let's just imagine that, you know, um, you have this enmeshed relationship with your mom. So your mom doesn't really get her emotional needs met from your father because there's discord there. There's dysfunction. The dad's not, your dad's not really present. So she confides in you a lot. She comes to you. She's, she, you know, sometimes she just needs a hug, right? And, or she just wants to talk a bit and, and she always affirms you, wow, like what did I do to get such a good son who listens to me, who advises me, all this kind of stuff, right? These again, these are all symptoms of an enmeshed relationship. And when that dynamic exists, think about how that might influence the way you relate to women, other women in person or on the screen. That enmeshment might mean 
that for you, when you go to other women, pornography, chasing a girl, the pursuit, an affair, whatever it might be, that actually that is where you find your psychological safety. Because in an enmeshed relationship, enmeshment distorts ground zero for safety. In other words, you can only find safety in the dysfunction, which is inherently dysfunctional. And it distorts what is actually a healthy, secure relationship. It means that when you get into dating relationships, you may give yourself over very quickly. You may open up emotionally very quickly. Um, these kinds of dynamics are, are real in an enmeshed relationship. It might mean that porn for you actually offers you something that you either could not get or could only get in the enmeshed relationship. And what it might mean is that sexually, the way you observe yourself and see yourself is distorted. You feel like a shadow of yourself. And unless you're able to actually either engage in pornographic content that allows you to feel like you have some role or some purpose, or, uh, or if you can get that from a relationship, apart from that, you're going to feel invaluable, uh, rather. You're going to feel like you don't have much value. You don't have much worth. You don't have much to bring. Now, there's another article here. Uh, this is from sexualhealth-addiction.com. And they talk a little bit more in depth about how enmeshment can actually affect your sexuality. And um, this is especially salient if your role with your parent was to be the surrogate spouse, quote unquote. In other words, you're, um, you know, the, the, the one parent is absent emotionally and you kind of step in. So you may, you may have felt more like your parent's husband or wife or even their sexualized boyfriend or girlfriend. So interactions may have felt weird at, at some point. They, they might have felt just a little bit, a little bit strange, like just a little bit too close, a little bit too personable. And usually th these are some ways that your sexuality could be impacted. You feel more sexually free when you're using porn or in an affair than in a committed relationship. Okay, think about that. Really think about that one. You feel more sexually free when you are using porn or in an affair than in a committed relationship. You have trouble staying loyal or romantic and sexual uh, to sexual. Sorry, let me. I totally botched that. You have trouble staying loyal to romantic and sexual commitments that you have made. Loyalty is difficult. You find it difficult to express much passion sexually in a committed relationship. So the emphasis here is all around commitment. It is that when you're in these committed relationships, you start to look outside and look to what else? Because that is what was modeled for you. And not only was it modeled, but you actually participate, participated in that dysfunctional model. So when you get to a place where you, it's, it, commitment is required, you actually have not developed enough as a man to show up into that committed relationship. And it becomes a huge problem and you start to look elsewhere to get pleasure and certainly to get that sense of safe, secure connection. So this is a really big deal. Uh, and as you can see, if you don't deal with it, it can become really problematic. In fact, a lot of people get into married uh, and get into married, married life. And then suddenly their spouse realizes like, what is the deal? Like, why are you a mama's boy? Or why are you so absent emotionally? How come you're like, how come the more committed we are or the more serious this relationship gets, the more distance you seem to be? Um, these are the kinds of symptoms and indicators that enmeshment might be at play. 
Now, I want to um, I want to kind of read an excerpt here from this is Andrew Bowman, who was on the podcast recently, and he he uses per- personal example to sort of talk about how enmeshment played a role in his healing and and sort of I guess his discovery about why his porn addiction existed and how he was able to kind of get healthy. So let me just read this. I think you're going to find it really, really insightful. As a youngster, when my parents were splitting up and no one was talking about what was going on, I felt crazy inside. Nothing was being defined for me and I had yet to develop a languaged emotional world. So that lack of definition, like very symptomatic of enmeshment. Porn soothed. And then as I grew older, real women served the same function for me. The adult addict unconsciously seeks wholeness from women. Soothe me, comfort my insecurities and fears, make me whole just like porn did. Thus beginning the emotional and meshed style of relating. As pornography moves from the origin point of genuine curiosity into darker forms of entrapment, obsession becomes a core part of the addictive process. Over time it manifests and devours our very being. As this entanglement grows stronger, the addict seeks needy women to enmesh with and the dependence of a pornographic fix using a woman inappropriately becomes greater. So enmeshment kind of um, spirals into all kinds of problems. It might precondition you to only be in relationships where you're needed, uh, where you're with someone who's very needy and they rely on you. Enmeshment might be the thing that actually causes you to be unloyal and unfaithful in your sexual relationships because the commitment is is unfamiliar that the clear healthy boundaries do not feel safe they don't feel comfortable and it's easier for you to go outside and to find something that's a little bit more dysfunctional but at least it's familiar enmeshment might be the thing that keeps you attached to your parent and stops you from actually cleaving to use a biblical term, and becoming the man God made you to be, the leader God made you to be. And I think one of the most important um, side effects of enmeshment is that it hinders your development. And so that, that developmental piece of you that was meant to you know, grow into a functioning adult who doesn't live at home, who is able to you know, become independent, who is able to handle the cares of life, who is able to, to be resilient, and, and to handle stress and, and, you know, to make good decisions and to lead and to relate and to emote and to everything else, those things become hindered when you don't develop. And enmeshment is really at the core of a lot of stunted development that men in this world are experiencing today. And again, all of it comes from a good place. I want to just make that really clear. Enmeshment rarely happens out of some sort of malice. And that's what makes it so sneaky, so challenging, because it seems like the right thing, and yet it is terribly wrong. And it, it predisposes us to engage in sexual misbehavior. So if you've experienced enmeshment, it's not all doom and gloom. You can heal from it. And a huge part of it is really um, discovering your agency in life. Uh, a huge part of it might be understanding the dynamic, being able to name the enmeshment, who, who did it involve? Why was it there? How did you participate in it? You have to really get clear on the dynamic because the, the more clearly you understand the dynamic, the better you can actually solve it. It's like anything. The, the, the more clearly defined a problem is, the better matched the solution will be. 
But if the, the problem is vague and it's kind of unclear, then your solution is not really going to go that far. It would be like if you had an eyesight problem and I just gave you my pair of glasses. But we haven't tested your eyes. We don't know, we don't know what the damage is if you're nearsighted or farsighted. We don't know how strong your lenses need to be. But if I don't know the details of it, it's easy for me to just pass you my glasses and boom, there, you should be good to go, right? But of course, that, that's not solving the problem because we don't have clarity. So you want to clearly name the enmeshment dynamic. Really understand it. Think about what were some of the dynamics in your parents' marriage or lack thereof that might have contributed to it. Um, what, what was going on and what created this enmeshment? And then you want to get some help breaking it. Um, that might mean that you, you work through some of the pain points. It might mean some grieving. It's definitely going to mean there's some forgiveness and eventually some repentance for your participation in it. And, and remember, repentance is, is about changing your thinking, changing your ways. So it's learning to just reframe and restructure healthy relationships. It's going to mean that you set some boundaries, right? It's going to mean that you set some boundaries and you take, get some accountability to uphold those boundaries well. And in doing so, you start to discover yourself, you give yourself permission to be yourself and, and to explore your own worlds and your own realities. And in that process, you're going to learn to relate a lot better, you're going to make better decisions, and you're going to actually become the man God made you to be. You're going to be able to lead your life and lead your family with integrity and hopefully with a whole whack of confidence as well. This is the power of breaking through the enmeshment. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening. This was meant to be an educational uh, podcast uh, this particular episode so um, I know we didn't get super practical on the solutions but I hope it gives you a starting point I really just wanted this to be more diagnostic um, and I'd love for you to evaluate when you look at your childhood relationships growing up with your parents uh, what were those dynamics like and do you notice any of those indicators present right now that might reveal enmeshment could be still be at play you might have grown up in an enmeshed relationship without realizing it and the the um, one of the articles that I was reading through, which, uh, like I said, I'm going to put in the show notes, um, they said that the those in enmeshed relationships are often the last to see it. It can be very, very challenging to actually see it for what it's worth. So I hope this podcast gives you sort of a uh, a mirror to take a look at and to just honestly assess if it's there. And if you notice the dynamic, I encourage you get some professional help, read up um, on the on the subject. Like I said, we'll put some of our uh, resources in the show notes. And, uh, and I really wish you all the best because it's a nasty dynamic and it can really hinder somebody's development and certainly their recovery process. Hey, much love to you guys. Thanks for listening. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sophia again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I want to take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality, and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships to sex to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a deep clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests, where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar, and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery, and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP 
at www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. 